0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to C3SanDiego.com. All right, that's all I'm talking about today. But let me begin by reading a few verses out of one of the the longest chapter in the Bible. A little Bible trivia. Who knows what that is? Psalm so 119. You win, John, worship leader. Well done, well done. If you didn't get that one right, it would have been a problem. So that's good. <laughs> Written by the greatest warrior worship leader in the, in the Bible and has just given us so much unbelievable content. And I want to read from this chapter because if you didn't know, and I didn't know this until, man, it's been a few years now, but it was well into my Christianity. that Finally, my, my grandpa, who's now with, with Jesus, enjoying life with him. And he, he was one of my favorite preachers and, and just followers of Jesus. And one time he told, he told me, he goes, hey, the entire chapter, Psalm 119, is just David talking in every single verse a different way that he expresses his love for the Word of God. And you're like, is that possible to talk that much about one topic? Well, David found a love for the word of God in such a unique way that he literally every single verse of the longest chapter in the entire Bible is basically a public declaration of his love for God's word. And he uses it in all kinds of different ways he talks about your laws, your precepts, your commands, your, you know, uh, your, your word. He just goes, he's has tons of different words to describe his love for God's word. And so we're going to read a few of those um, that I love here a, as we get started. Psalm 119, starting in verse 89, it says, Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth, and it endures. Your laws endure to this day, for all things serve you. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction." I will never forget your precepts, for they, for by them you have preserved my life. Save me, for I am yours. Side note, I kind of wrote a song, worship song, on that verse years back, but that's just a little side note. <laughs> oh, God. No, I'm not singing it. No, I'm not singing it. Oh, my Lord. Boo, sit down. No. I'm, a, I'm not singing it. I'm, a, I'm not singing it. Know your strengths, y'all, know your strengths. I said I wrote it, I didn't say it. I sang it. Big difference, I'm a book writer, okay? Okay, oh, Pastor Juergen, he said sing. Pastor Jurgen said sing it. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> anyways, I have sought out your precepts. Verse 95. The wicked are waiting to destroy me, but I will ponder your statutes. To all perfection, I see a limit. Watch this, but your commands are boundless. Verse 97, I'll end with this. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Wow. Man, there, there's, there's no way, if I ever just want to be reminded of the power, of the goodness, of, the, of the, the life that's in the Word of God, I go to Psalms. Literally all throughout the entire book of Psalms is packed with reminders about the Word of God. And tonight, I really feel like I'm on kind of one mission, and that is that I hope tonight we all leave a little bit more in love with God's Word than when we got here. I hope that tonight you're a little bit more captured by the word of God and what God, why God has given it to us. I hope we're a little bit more wrapped up in it. I hope we're a little bit more consumed by the word of God by the time we leave here tonight. Because if somebody like David would commit to writing this much about how good it is, how necessary it is, how powerful it is, how much he loves it, if, if he would put that much time and energy into it, then maybe there's something for us in it. Maybe there's a reason. Maybe there's a reason why God's word is so powerful and why it, why it does something in our life. And all, all month long, actually a lot of the different messages in this paranormal series is actually kind of leaned into the power of the word of God. And so here I am, again, leaning into that same thing. But I think part of the reason why a lot of times Christians either intentionally or unintentionally, don't really lean into and engage God's word is because I think sometimes we can see it as, as just kind of another book on the reading list. Not, not, like, not, not that any of, any of us would think of that as in, in a mean sense or just go, hey, I, I know it's got a lot of great content. I'm going to get to it when I can. It's on that list. It's on my audibles, you know what I mean, you know, favorites. I, I'm going to get to it when I can get to it. Um, Maybe some of us just see it as more like, man, that's that's kind of for the pastors, those who like to preach a lot, (laughs) or write songs, and uh, (laughs) you know, those who want to preach a lot, or those who are pastors, they, they really gotta study it. We'll just, I'll get. I'll get their download on Sunday. That, that'll, be, that'll be what I do. Or maybe some, you know, when you think about the word, just think of it as just maybe just information, good info, good life hacks in there, a couple of good skills, maybe even, you know, good manual, you know, type of a concept. And so you go, when I need it, I'll go to it, right? Well, when I'm lost, I'll try to see if it's got some direction for me. But the thought of consistently engaging it, connecting with it, uh, interacting with God's word is not always at the forefront of many people's lives. Maybe some have just written off as, that's ah, kind of boring. I don't really understand it, you know. Uh, maybe some have, you know, kind of engaged in, and you just think of it as another checklist on kind of a spiritual requirements. I know I've been there, right? Or you just kind of get in that mode, well, I guess good Christians are supposed to read the Bible, so I guess I should read the Bible, and and we can kind of get into this routine, And so I think a lot of times we don't really get everything out of it that God designed us to engage with his word because we're engaging with it as simply just information transfer, just simply kind of life help skill stuff, which it actually is. It's the greatest self-help book on earth, but it's not only that, right? It's the greatest financial advice, but it's not only that. It's the greatest relationship advice, but it's not only that. It, it's the greatest encouraging, life giving resource, but it's not only just an encouraging book, good, you know, kind of table talk, bathroom, you know, read, you know, kind of book. This is more than that. This is way more than that. There's no other book. There's no other content. There's no other script. There's nothing else on earth that compares to what the Word of God is in our life. There's nothing. Even the best book, even the most encouraging book, even a Joe Osteen book, nothing compares. <laughs> nothing compares to what God's Word is, and, and here's why. Because there's something different about it. There's something different about God's word that we don't see in other places. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, and I'm reading from an amp- the Amplified Version, it says this For the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative. Um, energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, the completeness of a person, and both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. See, the word of God is different because it's living and active. It's living and active. It's alive. This is not just this is not just another set of good documents. This is not just another script. This is the living word of God. This is the living word of God. That's all right. We'll get a few more claps as we go. It's alive. We'll get there. The word of God is different from any other word on earth. Any other book on earth, any other text on earth. It's living and it's active. There's something that's going to work in your life when you engage it. There's something that happens when we engage the word of God that is unique to to God's scriptures, to his teaching, to his revelation, to His his, the word of God that has been given to us is not a a sedentary thing. It's an alive and active situation. Uh, In in kind of like a chemical formula type of a situation, there, there's something called an active agent, and I'm not a scientist or that kind of stuff, so I don't know if I'm going <laughs> to botch this or not, but I did enough Googling to sort of explain this, And um, but sometimes you need an active agent to to cause the chemical reaction that you want. There's, there's, a, there's an activated, there's something that gets in the mix that transforms its current state into something different. And with the Word of God, there's, a, there's an activating agent in God's Word that is different than just another book. So I have to understand when I'm engaging the Word of God, I'm not just engaging words. There, there's something alive here. When you think about it like, like this in Second Timothy, this is what God's Word tells us about itself. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed. It's God-breathed, given by divine inspiration, and is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately, behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage. Don't you love the Amplified? Verse 17, so that the aim, so that the, ma-, sorry, the man of God may be complete and proficient, outfitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. The activating agent in God's word is the, the breath of heaven, it's the Holy Spirit. It's a spirit-inspired words of God. It is life himself. As Pastor Ergen was talking about this morning, the word of God, Jesus himself became flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's the spirit of the living God that infuses every single drop of God's word. Every stroke, every letter, every chapter, every book, every ounce of the Word of God is living, breathing, and activated by the Holy Spirit. And because of that, you cannot be the same when you encounter it. You cannot be the same. If you consistently encounter the Word of God, it will transform your life. It will transform your life. It changes us. It changes us. You know... We see this in sometimes drastic fashion, and a current one is happening in front of our eyes, Kanye West. I, this is not to say, like, I've never listened to something that wasn't appropriate, but I've never listened to Kanye's music until this album. There's a couple reasons why. <laughs> that E on all of his music, that's typically there. And so I'm not, I don't normally listen to that style of music. I I like rap and hip-hop, but I don't like swearing and all that inappropriate stuff he normally has. So you go from that to what he just released, this album called Jesus is King. And you can't listen to something like that without realizing this guy encountered something living and active. This isn't just like, he got tired of that thing, so he's like, well, I'll give Jesus a shot. I'm going to kind of go this direction. No, you can feel the presence of God on that album. When he talks, there's a transformed life that you're interacting with. Does that mean he's going to be perfect from here on out? Heck no. Neither are you. Okay? So, so it's all good. It's all good. We'll drink to that. And... Uh, But when somebody encounters the living Word of God, it transforms you. Something begins to change. There's an activating agent of the power of God. And so for me, I learned at at a young age to to love God's Word, to be somebody who enjoyed the Word of God because it actually does something in our life. Another 119 uh, verse in Psalms says, The unfolding of your Word gives light. So... The, the Word of God, again, is, is not just something we do as a ritual. When I engage the Word of God, something is released into my life from the Word of God. There's an active exchange that goes on. When I spend time in God's Word, it changes me from the inside out. It transforms. It does something unique, and light comes into my life. Hope comes into my life. Grace comes into my life. The unfolding of God's Word brings light. The challenges too many people aren't unfolding it, <laughs> right? There's a lot of dark homes with Bibles. That could definitely be a Kanye lyric. You know what I'm saying? Somebody tweet him. Sing it. Sing it. Now, that one I will sing because he doesn't really sing a lot, so I can do Kanye. Just kidding. Okay, I might. If you coerce me enough. Closed on Sunday. Who doesn't love that song? Come on, somebody. That's the song I'm going to sing to my wife on anniversary. She's my Chick-fil-A. My number one with a lemonade, come on, somebody. Hey! I don't know if is trying to be inappropriate in that lyric or not, but I am, okay. Oh, Lord, eight minutes. I grew up in a home where my dad loved the word of God my mom and dad constantly engaged the word of God. I would often wake up to my dad reading the Bible. And now sometimes as he got older, he was sleeping as well when I woke up. (laughs) Can't say I haven't done that, okay? But just the fact that had the Bible open, engaging with God's word, and then he would always say, I'm meditating, I'm meditating, not sleeping. Dad, you're definitely sleeping, okay? But he loved the Word of God. He would constantly memorize it and engage it and talk about it and talk to us about it. I grew up in an atmosphere like how David talked about how he loved the Word of God. And, and, and that got in my life. I, I became kind of infected, if you will, with a passion to engage and to consume and interact with God's Word. But you know what? It started with my dad because my dad didn't grow up in that kind of home. My dad grew up in a dysfunctional home. My dad grew up in a, his dad was an alcoholic and his mom was having mental breakdowns and dad was running around on mom and just, he had a a horrific upbringing. But my dad is in love with the word of God, not because he became a Christian and it was a religious thing. He's in love with the word of God because it transformed his life. Because when he finally encountered Jesus, when he encountered the living word of God, when he engaged the, 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 the one that we follow, the, the savior of the earth, the, the word became flesh. When he engaged that, everything began to change in his life. And so then he goes, man, how can I not love your laws, God? How can I not love your words, your precepts? They, they guide me, they direct me, they hold me together. So I've the... I've, uh, I've learned to, to love God's word as well and, and try to live that out of my home. And now, my problem is, I do a lot of it just, I listen. I listen to the Bible on my phone a lot, which to my girls just looks like I'm playing games every morning. So, I really got to bring the old paper Bible back out at home. Otherwise, my, pe- my girl's going to wake up going, Dad was playing video games every morning of my life. <laughs> Cram. <laughs> They're going to be preaching messages about video games, not the word. Now, um, here's how we have to engage the Word of God. I want to give you a couple of things that we do to engage God's Word. How do we engage it? How do we get the most out of it? How do we really interact with it? First one, and this is how I approach God's Word, I have to consume the Word of God. Consume it. Consume the Word of God. Jesus. In, in John chapter 6, and I'm not going to read all that, but it's some incredible um, passages in there. But he basically reveals himself as he is the bread of life. He is the bread of life. He is the source that we need. And so when I literally think of God's word, I need to think like a meal that I am consuming. I'm getting it into my life. And I want to get as much of it as I possibly can. And now this is the one time where you can throw out the table manners when it comes to the Word of God. I don't want you to care about what you look like. I just want you to engage it. I want you to consume it. I want you to get it on the inside of you. Every ounce of you consume the Word of God. Again, this is the only time table manners can't be brought in. My, my wife is constantly trying to encourage me and my kids to, you know, eat more politely and such. I guess this is not a proper position to eat in. (laughs) Hunched over like somebody's gonna take it from me. I came from growing up with six kids in my family, you know what I'm saying? So you gotta eat quick or you don't, you know? Also, I'm just gonna tell myself a little bit, when you eat in that position, sometimes you're eating so fast, this is gross, this is gross. (laughs) You have to like kind of inhale as you're eating. Like, there's a sucking sound. Katie would be like, are you slurping your food? It's not soup. You you can't slurp a sandwich. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know, but it might fall out because I'm eating. So, anybody want to go to lunch? And uh, <laughs> I know, I need help. Listen. Stop judging me. God." Closed on Sunday. Okay. um, So, pray for our marriage. And... uh, my table manner skills, but you know, honestly, consume the Word of God like every ounce of you depends on it, because it does. Consume the Word of God like your marriage depends on it. Consume the Word of God like your kids depend on it. Consume the Word of God like your career depends on it. Consume the Word of God like your health depends on it. Consume the Word of God, because it's not just any other word. It is the active, living Word of God that transforms everything it encounters, everything that engages in it. And and, and the reason why the Word of God is something that you maybe oftentimes hear in church, like your daily devotions, if you've ever heard of that term, and and oftentimes there's an emphasis in engaging God's Word daily, is because there's a precedence that is set in the Old Testament when God is delivering his people out of Egypt into the promised land, and they're in the wilderness, and they're being fed manna from heaven, that God literally does a supernatural delivery of manna from heaven, this bread, every single morning, and they're supposed to go collect just enough for the day and no more. If they collect more, it would rot. Uh, and But each day, there'd be enough to go collect fresh bread. And God was trying to teach them a principle that, listen, I want to engage you every day. I want to interact with you every day. I got fresh bread every single day for you to consume. And you begin to consume it and as you consume it, the next thing, because I, I got to get ahead here. I have like seven points to give you. And uh, the, just trying to, uh, no, I'm not going to say that. Um, you consume it, but then you let it consume you. This is the second part of how you engage the word of God. And this is where a lot of people miss it. A lot of people don't allow the word of God to consume them. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. Join me. Let it consume you. John 15, 7 says, Jesus says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This concept, the word remain sounds a little bit light. It's more of the, the, the concept of living. Now, let, let let this word live in you. If you live in him, and you allow his word to live inside of you, you allow it to come alive inside of you, it will change everything. It will transform everything in your life. I, I, I'm telling you what, the more you engage God's word, you actually develop an appetite for it. You develop an appetite for the word of God. You know, sometimes if you're trying to change from eating garbage to eating healthy, there's a transitional period where you're like, ah, I really want that Big Mac instead. You know what I'm saying? Or I really want those, fr- I want more fries. You know what I'm saying? And And so there's a transitional period from going from one way of eating to another way of eating in a natural sense. Sometimes if you're not used to engaging God's word consistently, you have to commit to a season of developing a fresh appetite. But as you do that, it will start stirring up such a ferocious hunger on the inside of you for the word of God. The more you consume it, the more it consumes you, the more you want more of it. And I, I remember times where now I've been really consistent in the Word of God, and then you go for a gap, you go for a season where you're getting distracted, you're getting off course, you haven't really had a chance to get into the Word, and just something starts feeling different. You know what I mean? It's like, ah, what's wrong? Something's off, something's off, and you go, ah, I'm behind on my reading plan. <laughs> I've missed some days, I've missed some weeks. I used, I used to be like I missed a month, I missed more than that, Right? I found some ways that I've got myself really dialed into daily consuming the Word of God. Be intentional. I, I let I let the Bible. I listen to the Bible every day. As soon as I wake up, plug in the headphones, play my daily Bible reading plan. That's what I do. That's how I I keep that fresh intake every single day. I I can't miss it. I can't miss the Word of God because it's life to me. And my body, my soul is accustomed now to the fresh daily bread of the Word of God. If I don't give it the fresh intake, it's starving for it. It's desperate for it. Too many of us aren't used to that because we've gotten comfortable with junk food. We've gotten comfortable with junk food and we haven't been consuming the right stuff, and it's okay. <laughs> That's why I'm preaching this tonight. Because I want your life to be different. I want it to be transformed. I want you to start engaging God's word. I, I felt I felt just, man, I- I'm telling you what, if, if you if you lean into God's word, it'll change everything. It'll change your life. I'm telling you, it, it's living and active. Man, it's saving your soul. I'm just gonna read off a couple things. It's renewing your mind, it's sustaining your body, it's strengthening. Your spine, it's giving you courage, it's stabilizing your steps, it's a light to your feet, lamp to your your path, it's empowering your mouth. We heard so much about that from Pastor Jurgen this morning. It's power, it's authority, it's it, it's it's living, it's active, it's releasing. And you know what? One of the biggest things that I love about God's word is that when when I'm when I'm engaging God's word, I feel I feel God drawing me close to him. I think of anything this is what i love about his word his word reminds me how much i mean to him his word reminds me how loved i am his word his word speaks to me it challenges me it it talks to me it but it draws me to him you can't read the bible like really really read it with an open lens from the the big scope of what god's word and not get a very simple message that god loves you and has done absolutely everything to bring you close to him a lot of times i like to go what's the point point of something and as i was writing the following jesus book that was kind of what was driving that what, what is ultimately the bible trying to say to me and in that intro chapter we talk about that it's this, this theme that I feel like from cover to cover, God is trying to scream at us with the love, every ounce of Him, something that he can, he can bring to us is that He loves you and He wants you close. He loves you and wants you close. And as I read the Old Testament where he would rescue over and over again and save over and over again and have grace on grace on grace. We read it in one page. A lot of times one page was 300 years, 400 years. You know what I mean? Like God had mercy after mercy after mercy and continued to call them back to himself. Man, that reminds me when I read the word, that God wants me close. And then I come into the New Testament, and that's just a big old megaphone that says, I loved you so much, I would go to the cross. I would die for you. I'd give my life for you. I'd give everything. And one of my favorite parts of Scripture, when Jesus is in his final moments on the cross, and he just totally displays his, his heart towards us, and the thief says to him, Jesus, remember me when you enter your kingdom. And Jesus does the unthinkable, and he just responds with, I'm telling you what, today you're going to be with me. He one-ups the guy. I'm not just going to think of you. I'm not just going to put your name on a list. You're going to be with me in paradise. And then he dies. He pays the price. And the Bible says, at that moment. Oh, this is the greatest part to me. It's it's so good. See, sin had separated us from God. Sin had created a barrier between us and God, and there was nothing we could do to, to gap it was nothing we could do to be good enough that's why don't don't buy into the live of culture hey man just be good enough man if you just if you just be a good person you know you try to do your best have more wins than losses i'm telling you what you can have all the wins you want nothing gets us across the gap of sin except what Jesus ultimately did on the cross and in the temple there the back in that day there was this temple worship system where only the high priest of that time could go into this holy of holies and encounter the presence of God in a very personal way. And so there was a big curtain, like a heavy, thick, unrippable curtain that was there. But when Jesus died and paid the price on the cross, it says, at that moment, that veil was ripped from top to bottom, just proclaiming throughout the rest of history, but I want nothing between us. I don't want anything between us. I want you close. I want you near me. And when I read the Word of God, that's what I start to feel. When I read, maybe life wasn't, hasn't been going great, but when I engage God's Word, I'm reminded that He still loves me. He's my Father. I'm loved. I'm accepted. But he's still got grace for me today. He's still got mercy for me today. Now, maybe not everyone's happy with you. Maybe not everything's going great in a financial setting maybe but there, there's answers for that there's grace for it, but no matter what is i 'm facing when I encounter god 's word, I feel the presence of God because it 's not just words it 's Spirit infused. It is the living Word of God. It's Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. It is the Word of truth. It's the Word of life. It's the everlasting Word. It is the Spirit of truth. And when I engage it, everything changes. When I encounter it, everything changes. I want to encourage us this week. Let's consume the Word of God. And then let's allow it to consume us. One of the best ways that we allow it to consume us is we start to obey it? So a lot of times we don't get transformed by the word because we're not responding to the word. And I wonder tonight if there's anybody who you know there's an area of your life where God's word has spoken to you and, and you've not responded to it and you want God to speak to you, and you want God to do some things in your life, and you want him to transform you, it just feels like you're, like you're stuck a bit. I'm telling you what, until we begin to obey God's word, until we I begin to respond to it and follow God's word, when I do that, God begins to transform. God begins to do something different in my life. It could be a small thing. It could be you haven't forgiven somebody, and you know God's word says to do that. It could be some area of addiction and sin, you know God's word says to stay away from, but you've continued to go down that track. Could be, um, you know, you know, it's something in marriage, something in relationship. There could be a, a various things, maybe how you've treated your kids. Maybe you, you know God's word has spoken to you, and you haven't really obeyed it. Or maybe God's given you a dream. God said, come on, I want you to go step into this business or start this ministry or or, or join this team or, you know. Be a part of, you know, be a connect leader, help serving kids or serving youth. God, God's spoken to you about something, but you haven't responded and turned, and you're just waiting for God to do something. But God, God is, God is ready to bring all of his supernatural life, authority and power into your life, but you have to respond. You have to allow the word of God to consume your life by saying yes to God, yielding to its strength, yielding to its power. Watch what God does. Watch how God transforms your life. Amen? Amen. If you got something out of the word, why don't you give God a hand clap tonight. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com.